So, Pastor Antone asked me, um, prior to us speaking on the fruits of the Spirit, like, hey, when are you going to speak? I know you got something in your belly along with um, elders, uh, Joy. And, you know, I kind of like sh- shied away. So just a little bit about me. Um, ever since I was a kid, I knew that I was already always touched by the Spirit at a very young age, maybe like six or seven. Um, I used to go to church with my grandmother all the time and partook in the Sunday school choir and things of that nature. And um, as years went on, you know, I I always had a desire uh, for Christ. I felt like that was like, you know, when you were a kid, you know how they say everybody has like this, this imaginary friend or like the drop dead friend or, well, Jesus was my friend because I would talk to him and I, I really feel my spirit that he would speak with me. Um, but as I got older, you know, it just carried with me even throughout things in my life. And um, it, that just never left me. It always lived within me. And so as I became an adult and had more understanding and maturity, I ended up going to ministerial school. So I did graduate in ministerial school through um, Bishop Lafayette scale. So, um, and I did that for a while. I, I stopped because just life as it is, right? And so today, I had took on um, the assignment of doing goodness. So when we speak about goodness, um, referring to life, hope, and truth. And when you define or just the definition of goodness would be the state or ability of being good, right? Um, So that can basically mean your moral excellence, um, your virtue, character, integrity, your worth, honesty, um, uprightness, value, core value, and merit. All right. So those are some things that's basically describing goodness. And so we all know that in the Bible, it tells us that the word good actually means holy, pure, righteousness. So literally, goodness is godliness. That's, that's what goodness is. It's godliness, okay? And uh, goodness can be seen in our actions. Um, and it also, from the acts of our hearts, but we, we have to be pure at heart to completely display the goodness of the Spirit. And um, it it should be displayed daily, on a daily basis in our lives, for its totality to be shown through us as far as goodness, because it's broadened, it's very big as far as goodness. Um, So, and also just another definition of goodness, um, in the Greek, that word in term is agapeshon, which is giving a meaning of uprightness of the heart and life. Um, so the, in the Hebrew term of good is tov, T-O-V. Okay, and if I can just get someone to read a scripture for me, please, because it's kind of lengthy. Um, and I just want to read this scripture basically to just give an introductory of the goodness of God and then also a, a bit of a testimonial that I'm going to give you to then conclude with 
why God is so good. So the scripture is Psalms 23, 1 through 6. Okay. Twenty three, one through six. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the good waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. You Amen, amen. So when we hear that scripture, I mean, in all of that, the breakdown of that scripture is basically giving an example of God's goodness. When he says, so I walk through the valleys of death, I shall feel no evil. You are my rod and my staff, you know, and as you break each piece of that down, he is giving you his promise. His goodness dures forever, no matter what we're going through, no matter what it looks like, no matter what we're up against, no matter what, he is with us. He has set the footprints before us. So as long as we can just believe in him and let his spirit dwell within us, he will guide us in any and all things that we are going through. Amen. And so I love that scripture and it means so much more to me now. Now, I've read that scripture in Bible school when I was younger, in my, my young teens, my young adulthood, my adulthood, and up till now. But at this very point, that scripture holds weight, okay? Because I've went through some things. So it's not about what I read in a, in a script, not about what my grandmother or an elder has told me, um, not about what I have seen someone else go through to believe it out of word of mouth because of how I judge them or how I look up to them, but because I actually lived every facet in my life, okay? And so after all of that was said and done, when I read that scripture, it gave total revelation and understanding to me on what that truly really meant. You know, sometimes we read things and we're, you know, we're reading and we're turning and it's just words. You know, these words are just standing out and we're reading these words and we feel that we have an understanding and a definition of the word, but it has so much more life in it. So again, back to goodness. And if I could just give a bit of testimony about me um, so that I can give an example and in conclusion, a resolution of the goodness of God. So just bear with me, because this one is personal. So when I was younger, I was raised by my grandparents. My mother had me when she was very young. She was 15 years old. So there's some elders in here, so back then, you know, they all know out of due respect, you know, no one wants to be known as the parents or, 
even the people that's looked up to, they have a child uh, that has a child out of wedlock and you know, going against what everybody thinks. So I was raised as my grandparents' child because they didn't want everybody to know that their daughter had a daughter at 15, okay? So we all lived in a household as sisters, my mother, myself, and my aunt. So I thought that they were my sisters. Um, now, throughout that course of time, as I became of age to kind of understand, you know, they sat me down, my grandparents, out of due respect, um, and let me know that my mother, in fact, was not my sister, it was my mother, okay? So, life was great, you know, I, I understood that, I loved her, didn't love her any less, like I loved her all the more, oh great, you're my mom, you're not my CCO, okay. And so, as life went on, um, and my mother, you know, going through college and things of that nature, graduating, um, she became a nurse, she was an airline stewardess, different things, well, she ended up moving out. And at the time that she moved out, she was dating a guy. And my grandparents, you know, they didn't approve of the guy. And mind you, my grandparents were married since 15 years of age, so in a very long marriage, you know, two family home structure and everything. And so that, that wasn't going for them until she was able to show that she was able to be out on her own. Nevertheless, life took a turn. So now my mother was out there and the guy that she was dating was no good. Um, turned her life upside down. Um, the enemy got his hold in. And so, I would go see my mom and it, it didn't bother me. Even when life got bad, my mom ended up hooked, addicted to drugs. And I would visit her, and you know, I, it was my mom. I loved my mom. It didn't matter. I'm, I'm going to skip through some things, but some horrible things happened and some horrible things that I witnessed as a young girl, and it brought fear to me. So at that point, the enemy was able to draw a wedge and create fear in me. Okay? So, I would always be very fearful and then it came to a point where I didn't want to go and see my mom. And I thought, God, I would pray to God because I was actively in Sunday school, you know, help my mom. Why is she going through this? And so I would pray to him, and then it was like it just got worse and worse. It, it didn't change anything, okay? But I never stopped praying. And in the midst of this, I was about 11 years old, and my mother got murdered. And it was a horrible, gruesome thing, like what you would see on First 48. Nevertheless, back then it was called Crime Stoppers. So that, her murder made Crime Stoppers story. That's how horrific in Youngstown, Ohio. And so I lived a life at this point in time and a lot of things started to go downhill. Okay, and this is why we have to know that God is our shepherd and he is our savior. And no matter what it is that we're going through, we have to call on his name and trust in him. No matter what, because I was a child at 11 years old, 
my mother was murdered. It was a very small town. Everybody knew about it. Um, they never found her murderer. I walked around in mourning, fearful, angry, scared, uh, hurt, a lot of pain, um, a lot of questions. Not knowing that if the person that looked me in my face to reach out as a friend or to show compassion was my mother's murderer. I don't know. You know, these were certain friends. Again, this is why it's also so important to pray to God for discernment, who you choose to let in your front row and in your circle. You know, the enemy comes in like a friend. He's a manipulator. And so, again, at a young age, this is how I felt. So then I felt abandoned. Like, God, why would you not help my mom or, you know, so that she can understand that I need her? Yes, I have my grandparents, but I want my mom. And why is she in a place where she don't love me enough to get better? Excuse me. So then that spirit of feeling unworthy and shameful gripped me, okay? And so, you know, I still buried feelings and I became very closed in and isolated as a young child, felt very misunderstood um, because I was different. And I knew that I was different, but I still didn't understand why am I different? So, and it was a lot of different things that I won't necessarily go into that was like experiences as a young girl that I would have and nobody understood. Um, I would be attacked by the enemy on a daily basis. Grandparents, and you know, they have little cliches and people, you know, they laugh, they blew it off. You know, I would, they call it sleep paralysis now. But back then, I would suffer that where I would be asleep and I would wake up and I would be frozen and I couldn't speak and I couldn't move and I couldn't do anything. Just, just filled with anxiety, but I can hear everything going on around me, but it would be like something was just pressing on me, suffocating me to death. And I would wake up always at the very last moment when I felt like I couldn't catch my breath. And I would explain this to my grandmother, and you know, they were had all their friends and people around and be like, oh, you're okay, oh, that's just, you know. And it wasn't until one day my great-grandmother told me, baby, that's the enemy riding your back. And so we went to visit her in West Virginia, so let's say a prayer. And so I prayed with my grandmother. And she told me, anytime you feel like you say this prayer, and, and, and then God will help you. And so at that point, you know, I, I knew enough for that, but I'm saying all that to say, that this thing is serious. It is serious. And we have to know that we have help. God is our source in all things. And if we can just empty ourselves out and lay those things down that may be superficial, what we think means something, lay it down and give it to him. Cast it at his feet because he will be there 
to get us through anything that we're going through. But first, we have to surrender to him and allow him to, because God is a gentleman, right? People have choices from what they say, but then that comes from just God himself. Like he's a, he's a gentleman. It, it's there, but he's waiting for you to welcome him in and allow him to do the work. He's not going to come by force to do this for you. I'm not saying this being judgmental. I'm saying this because this is what I've learned. This is what I fought up against. This, if, if I could have surrendered a long time ago, the long suffering wouldn't, as I spoke about with this gentleman, that's why it hit me. It wouldn't have been so long. It wouldn't have been so long. So going back to you know, when my mom was murdered. And so people would see me walking around and, oh, hey, sissy, because they called her sissy. And that would just put me in the state of fear. So this is how the enemy works when you don't give your life to Christ and surrender to him and ask him to be your savior. Because that thing had me so tight. It had a muzzle on my mouth. I would not speak up. I became that people pleaser. I became, um, you know, just gripped with every force of every spirit and operation within me, not even knowing, guys, walking around as a walking dead, uh, thinking I was okay, thinking I could mask things with alcohol and partying and men and this and that and then I opened up a whole nother face because now here I am as a young adult having a child okay my very first and it was just so many things that I went through in that so I just want to share that and be transparent and I said I wasn't going to cry but one thing about it is today these tears are of joy that's 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 the part of the goodness it's not sorrow today. It's a joy. Because see, the enemy tried to take me out. And it was all over some things that I didn't have anything to do with. I was just a kid. I didn't have a clue. But this is why we have to understand that he is our source because it's not just about us. It's about so many other people that you deal with, that you're in company with, your children, your grandchildren. It's not about us. And when I was a kid, I would be so mad. Man, I didn't have anybody after a certain point to sit me down and say, hey, this is what you do, X, Y, or Z, you know, to combat these things. It was just like, I just went with the flow. But if I would have had a, a setting example, somebody that laid the path for me, it wouldn't have to hurt so bad. It wouldn't have had to bring me nearly to my own death. So we have to be in a place where we're setting a path for our children and then their children and then someone else's child because they may not be receiving it at home. And so... God is amazing and it's his goodness that will endure forever because I have so many things that if I was just to share with you about my life, you would not believe me. I'm standing here with you all, opening up my heart, opening up my life. But if I was to tell you half of the things that I've been through, you would be in awe 
in total amazement that it couldn't be possibly true. But God, after my first child, and this is just a snippet, and then I'm going to get back to this word too, I just want to share the goodness. <laughs> I got pregnant. My daughter wasn't even one, and I had her at, I was pregnant at 17, first child by 18. <laughs> And uh, I ended up pregnant. Well, I came, and this is ironic too, because I came to Columbus, Ohio. I was born in Youngstown, Ohio. And um, my aunt, which we grew up as like sisters, she said, I'm having this huge Christmas party and I want you to come. I, I got all this stuff catering this and that. You have to come. And I said, I don't feel good. I can't. So the night before, I ended up going to the emergency room. And I'm like, something just is not right. So they told me that I was pregnant, but I had a miscarriage. And they sent me home. And um, as I got home, I just got definitely sick, like all over again. And uh, so she still said, no, I just want you to come. You got to come. And so I said, okay. And I got in the back of my cousin's car and we rode there wrote here. Christmas morning, they woke up and came downstairs. She was living in Dublin, I guess. They came downstairs to get me, and I was unconscious on the floor. I got to the emergency room. Back then, it was St. Anne's before they changed it to Mount Carmel, and they took me into an immediate surgery. So the doctor had said I was pregnant with six kids. One of the babies ruptured in my tube. They had to take me into immediate surgery and remove everything on the left side of my body. When they did that, they said, I guess from the bleeding internally, that my temperature had escalated to 107.6. So we know scientifically, at that point, you're a vegetarian state. You're, your brain is dead, right? Okay. So they called my grandmother because I'm underage at the time, and they tell me, like, tell her, you got to come here because somebody may have to make a decision because even if she makes it, she, she's going to be a vegetable. She's brain dead. She's only on a life support machine at this point. So my grandmother came, and all I can remember is hearing her from afar now, at one point, my grandmother was in church, and she's the one that used to take me to Sunday school, but once things happened, and with my mom, I guess maybe somewhere along the way, she lost her faith, and she stopped going. But one thing about it is, at that moment in time, I can hear her, like, coming from far as if she was coming down the hallway to where I was at, and she was just screaming, Jesus, and my baby. And in that moment, I woke up. And they were in total shock, like, I can remember hearing bells, whistles. I woke up, I had tubes. <laughs> had tubes all in my mouth, nose, down my throat. And, but I could see a light. And so, after all that was done, they got me stable and got me into a room 
and uh, the doctors came in, you know, that next day. And again, we're still talking about goodness now. <laughs> and he says, uh, well, we want to get you through some counseling and things like that because, you know, I want you to understand. I know you're very young and we're using technology and you don't know what's all going on, but end result will be that you will never be able to have kids again unless you go under a mass reconstructive surgery. And that would be something that, you know, that would take place years down the line, because mind you, I'm young. Um, but we want to take you through uh, counseling and for postpartum and things to that nature so that you can get an understanding. So at that point, I'm like, God, why? This is not my life. You know what I mean? Like, this is not my life. So now I'm never going to be able to have, and, and just to take a couple steps back, I always wanted children of my own to love because I always promised God that if I can have my own, I would love them so freaking hard. I would love them. I would protect them. I will show them that there is a better way. They don't have to go and turn to the world for a thing. And I would teach them about the word of God on the daily. So I got out the hospital and everything and just to kind of wrap all this up, but I had to make up in my mind to say, I got one kid, and mind you, she wasn't even a year yet, that I'm never going to have kids again. God, this is so unfair. Everything I love, you take from me. So I told you all this to say that, and we're going to go back, because we're talking about the goodness of God, right? So we're just going to go back again to that scripture, Psalms 23, 1 through 6. And, and I just want to read this again after letting you know that story. The Lord is my shepherd. I like nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. You see what I'm saying when I said this is not about us, but it's about proclaiming the glory of the Lord for his name's sake. <laughs> Even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I will fear no evil. Even through all of that, and, and, and that's a lot of, that was paraphrasing, there's so much more in between that, but I still knew in my spirit that dwelled in me, I will fear no evil. This is where we need to be, no matter what things is looking like. For you are with me, your rod and your staff that comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So all things, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that has a story. We all do. But in all things, even the ones in the naysayers and the ones that think they know what you're going through, what you've been through, where you are presently, 
He's going to prepare a table. So we, we, don't, we can't get caught up on worrying about what somebody else is thinking. Amen. Our focus is meeting the mark with the Lord himself. Doing and following in the path in which he set forth. And all other things will be given unto us. No matter what. It don't matter what they're saying over here. It don't matter what they're saying over here. It doesn't matter what they're saying back there. You don't know me. You see glory. You don't know my story. You don't know the reason for my praise. He's due honor to the praise of his goodness. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. He has proven that in my life at least time and time again. Even when I was down and out. Surely his love has been with me. I'm right here. I'm an example right before your eyes. Death upon my life. Morally, just a walking dead. Nothing on the inside at one point. Just a shell of me. But God. So at that point, and even in the scripture, it says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I owe this to him forever. You owe it to him forever. We have to get outside of ourselves. Get outside of the hookup of what we see in this world. It means nothing. We have to love on one another. We just got there speaking. This is the last fruit of the spirit. It's goodness, but we spoke of every single uh, spirit, I mean, fruit of the spirit. And now we're here to goodness. But we have to possess that. We have to activate that. That's what's living up inside of us. You need it. Not even just for you, but it's somebody that's coming up behind you. They're waiting. They're waiting. And I'm saying this even to myself. That's why. When I thought about all of this, and even in my most current things, I had a stroke. When Brother Reggie spoke, I almost broke down because it was like, my God. We walk around here and we feel entitled to something. We walk around here, we feel like we know everything. But you don't know what somebody else is going through. You don't know how, like in the final destination, how death skipped over you. But it hit somebody else. Looking at him right now, I thank God for him. What happened to him? It wasn't just for him. It wasn't because he did something wrong. It was for him to come up here and give that testimony for somebody that lost faith. Or that just didn't know how grateful and thankful, I mean, how, how blessed they truly were. Didn't know enough to be thankful and grateful. For life. Me. That was just me last year. I could have had that same end conclusion. So I thank God for Reggie. 
Yes, it was bad when you think about it, but not really. Because God showed him that he still has use for him. God showed me that you can't be too thankful, uh, ungrateful. You have to be thankful because that could have been me. Same scenario, but different outcomes, right? So the goodness of God. So with saying all of that, and I don't mean to bore you, but I feel like I didn't go through it for no reason, right? And so I feel that someone else needs it. It's on my heart to say it. So I'm just being obedient to the spirit. And when I thought about, well, what am I going to tie into goodness, Lord? And he, this is what he gave me to speak. Because I know I'm not the only one that has been through some very dark, dark times. Or you might know somebody that's been through something similar or worse or even more worse. But we just have to be conscious of the goodness of God. And so I would say in the fruit of the spirit that goodness is every aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. So we know we went through nine of them, but it's the goodness. So God's goodness is the love, the long-suffering, the peace, the kindness. You know, every bit of that, the, the, the forbearance, the, the gentleness, every, every bit of aspect of those fruits is goodness. All in one. Amen? You with me? <laughs> Am I boring you? <laughs> okay. So with saying all of that, I just would like, um, Elder Joy, can you read another scripture for me? Because I just want everyone to write these down. And so as you go home and meditate uh, today and tomorrow maybe or next week or throughout the week, you can keep these in mind. Thank you, Jesus. And so I said I wasn't going to cry today, but I'm okay with it because they're actually tears of joy. Because just like when we were worshiping in the spirit, we already won and the devil is defeated once again, especially as I mean, I feel like he is in my world definitely defeated because there was a time that I was laying in my bed in the darkness in my walls and I didn't want to see people and I didn't want to talk to people and I didn't want to say nothing and I thought that I can handle it on my own and deal with it by myself and I'm just over everybody but God and so the enemy is defeated on today And so, uh, Pastor, uh, Elder Joy, if you can read uh, Psalm 71, 15 through 17. And I would just like to say prior to that reading, like for the younger kids that's in here, and I'm going to say this even to my grandson because he's, he's 15, he's a teenager. Life is cruel. Life is cruel. We know that. We know that as adults, and I know it's much more worse for kids. And I was a kid, and I was there be before. And it was cruel for me. But I just want you young generations to know that you have someone 
You have God. Even if you feel that you can't go to your parents or an elder or uncle or auntie or somebody to listen to you, take it to God. Because one thing about him, his love is unconditional. He's not going to gossip. He's not going to share. He's not going to tell it to the next person. He's not going to judge you or any of that. Take the matters of your heart to the Lord and give it to him. And you may not understand or how to say it or what to do, but there is no right way. Just like you would get on the phone and talk to one of your friends and people, you talk to Jesus just like that. So I just want to encourage everyone, even down to our youth, God is open and available to you. You are his children first. As a youth, he's just lent you children to us for a short time. So I just want to encourage you guys. I know that it's hard. The times that we're in is very cruel. It's dark. It's evil. It's a lot of confusion, misunderstandings. But you don't have to try to fit in. Be who you are. Love who you are. Accept who you are because you were uniquely and wonderfully made by the potter's hand. There is no imperfection about you. So I just want to encourage you for that. And um, you can go ahead with the passage. Through 17. Amen. And so I just want to end on that. It is my duty and it is my honor to have stood here today and gave, you know, examples and definitions and try to give a clear understanding on the word goodness and the fruit of the spirit of goodness itself, along with my life experiences. But it is my honor and my duty to do it because I cannot sit idle and in a stagnant place and not give him the glory and make mention and speak about all the things that he has done for me. So here I am. You may not, you may have looked at me coming in here and think one way or another, but now you know a bit about me. So that's my praise. So I'm going to mention of it. I can't keep it shut up in my mouth because I was dry bones and he lifted me up. So with him doing that, as my honor to you guys, I want to share it with you and let everybody know that I love you to life and that we just have to open ourselves, empty ourselves out and be the vessel that God intended for us to be and walk in his purpose because his fruit, mainly in totality of the spirit, is the goodness of who he is. Amen. Hallelujah. The dark just stretch your hands for us, please. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, right now we thank you for our sister Cherie, oh God. God, right now we thank you, Lord God, for each and everything, oh God, that you have done and are doing in her, oh God. God, we just thank you, Lord God, for you brought her through each and everything, oh God. 
And God, that this is just the beginning of what you are bringing her into, Lord God. God, for all things are passed away and all things have become new. There's a new place, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. We ask you, oh God, to cover her, strengthen her, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. So, they, the doctors told me, and I'm sure they had proper training and all of that degrees for that I would never have kids again after my first child. Um, because they removed everything on the left-hand side of me that I would need to even bear a child. But to God be the glory, I have three more kids. After that, amen. And that's included my baby, and that's why I feel like she has a call on her life as well, because she ain't here not by chance. It's all in the divine purpose of the Lord. Thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Bless you. All right, all right. You know, she was ministering up here. You know, when I had said there were some things that the Lord had upon my heart to as we go forth into next week. But as she was ministering and I said, well, we see how the Lord does it. Uh, because I wasn't settled in me just yet. But next week, I want us to have a testimony service. I want you to, for those that don't mind, sharing some stuff about yourself and what God has done in your life. Because I really feel that we are in a place that some, there's some things that she has said that sometimes we can get familiar with people and we have this assumption about this person, they look a certain way, but we don't know their story, right? We don't know their story. So, that's what we're going to do next Sunday. Whether it's things from your past or even current things that God has worked out and turned in your life already. Because many of, all of us in here have a story to tell. All of us have a story. Now, everybody may not feel in the place to share their story, but If you feel to share your story, later today, tomorrow, if you could text myself or Pastor Erica, that you would like to share. And it's not a sermon or nothing like that, but it's just to talk about the goodness of God and the things that God has brought you through. Just sitting in here, you know, just for those that have been here for a time and, you know, in our engagement, I know many of us have a story and some newer that we really haven't sat down and really talked one-on-one, -on -one, but I know you have a story. And some things that all of us need to gain. Something that we all can, uh, as she was speaking, I heard that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. But I believe that's almost like a two-way street that we need to hear some of the things that God has brought some through. And sometimes we can go through things and it seems like we're the only one. But there's some things that I believe that God wants to do and God wants to break. 
Um, I want to show you this uh, video here real quick. And then um, make up one more thing. I just want you to, some of you, I'm sure some of you heard it before. But this guy, um, yeah. This guy named in Big Daddy Weave, he's, he's a singer of this song called um, Redeem. But this video clip is on about a minute and a half. It's a little bit of his testimony. And again, we'll see how things go for next week. But again, if you feel to share, by all means, please let us know. Hey, I'm Mike Weaver from Big Daddy Weave, and this is the story behind our song, Redeemed. I've struggled a lot in my life with the issues of personal acceptance. Hey, I'm Mike Weaver from Big Daddy Weave, and this is the story behind our song, Redeem. I've struggled. Hey, I'm Mike Weaver from Big Daddy Weave, and this is the story behind our song, Redeemed. I've struggled a lot in my life with the issues of personal acceptance and self-worth, and during a really low point in that struggle, I remember being down in my garage, which is kind of my man cave, the place where I, I do all my thinking and, and uh, I work out down there. And it was like the Holy Spirit just invaded that space and, and said, Mike, why don't you let me tell you what I think about you? Why don't you let me share with you the way that I see you? And I was an absolute broken heap on the floor of my garage as the God of the universe began to show me in my heart and in my mind how He sees me and share with me the way that He feels about me. Um, that changed something in my life that day. Um, God redefined humility for me. I had always thought that humility was this self-deprecating thing, but God showed me what real humility is. It's simply agreeing with whatever she says about anything. And over my life as a child of God, as someone who has been ransomed by the blood of Jesus, when he looks at me, he says, redeem. Hallelujah. So, um, there was a few texts I wanted to share with you. 
and a couple things that has occurred uh, since yesterday, day before yesterday. Um, our sister Brandy was in a car accident. Uh, her car actually got total, but God is good. She did go to the ER, but she walked away with no broken bones and nothing else damaged. She uh, shared this, and she also texts here today, uh, but she had to go back to the ER yesterday because of her hip, is about her left hip. So we want to keep her in prayer. But she was driving down the street, the car came out, hit her inside. Uh, she said that her car got knocked, she was going, and she felt. So I guess on the airbags and things that went on, but she felt hit brakes. She hit the brakes, and I guess after she got out and stuff, after, you know, eventually she got out and stuff, that there was a retention pond that her car was headed um, But you can imagine she didn't sit because of the airbags went off and her car went going when it, when it got hit from the side. Uh, but she took hit brakes. Um, so we want to keep her in prayer. Um, and her mother, Miss Tessa, for those that know Miss Tessa, and she was here um, actually last week, um, her blood pressure had dropped um, 79 over 56. And take her to the ER. And I thought I saw a text from her. Let's see. Oh yeah, and she texts this. She texts around 11:34. She said that mom's blood pressure and has come back up, and she is. One second. You go ahead. I ain't ready out of the way. Oh, um, that um, while we've been in church, she texted again that her mom was away. Her mom was, um, so they took her to the hospital yesterday. So she's at the hospital. So Brandy's at the hospital with her. But she texted, yeah, while we were in church. But she asked, um, you know, we can share with you all just so we can be all praying for their family. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And um, thank you for that word you shared today. Uh, yeah, actually, that's the other shared that word. Oh, did she already tell them that we Yeah, okay. okay. I, I just wanted to ask the church to pray for um, your granddaughter, Alana, uh, the Lord. Show me her in this dream, and um, I just want the church to pray for the grandmother a lot. Okay. All right. So, y'all want to say something? Did I got something to say? Oh, yeah. It looked like y'all were looking at me. <laughs> okay. No problem. All right. All right. So we. we Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, right now, we thank you for Zach, Lord God. Lord God, you see, you know everything that he is going through at this moment, Lord God. Lord God, we just ask you, Lord God, to move by your spirit upon him 
right now in the name of Jesus. God, we just ask you, Lord God, to give the doctors everyone uh, wisdom, insight, and concern his care right now. God, you know where he is with his relationship with you. God, even wherever you going on at this moment, we ask you, Lord God, to speak to him, reveal yourself unto him, oh God, that you make a clear decision within his heart to, to um, surrender everything unto you, oh God. God, we just ask you, Lord God, to show forth your favor upon him and bring him through, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, right now, we thank you for, um, we thank you for, um, we thank you for Elana, oh God. Lord God, you see, you know, everything that is going on with her at this moment, oh God. You know, Lord God, everything that is going on even within her mind, Lord God. God, right now, you just speak life even upon her, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. God, we command every voice. We command everything, oh God, the things that she hears, the things that she sees, oh God. God, we command these voices and these things, visions now to cease now yes. in the name of Jesus. God, we just ask you, oh God, that you shall reveal yourself unto her on a whole another level, oh yes. God, in the name of Jesus. God, we decree and declare now divine freedom, oh God, shall manifest forth in every area right now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for a brand new thing for this test, oh God. God, we thank you, O oh Lord God, for each and everything, O oh God, that you are doing, O oh God. Lord God, we just ask you, Lord God, to cover them even now, O oh God. We pray for your hands of protection to be upon them, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, that you shall strengthen them through and through, Lord God, that they shall walk forth in complete healing and all things, O oh God. God, we thank you, O oh God, even as Brandon was in this accident, O oh God, that you spared her life, O oh God, that she was able to walk, walk away from it, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. And God, we bless this issue with her left couple, her left hip, O oh God, bless you, Lord God, moved by your spirit, even, uh, even upon her lower back, her vertebrae, O oh God, that sciatic nerve, that hip joint, itself, O oh God, we speak for healing right now in the name of Jesus. We speak peace even upon her mind, upon the entire family, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you that you regulated this person's blood pressure, oh God, and that she awoke out of that state that she was in, oh God. So God, right now, we thank you, Lord God, for the purpose and the plans you have set and a sore for her life and sore for their entire family, oh God. We thank you, oh my God. We thank you, oh Lord God, for the deliverance that even took place last week, oh God. The things that you did even last week in their family, oh God. And God, we just come against every form of attack upon them right now in the name of Jesus. So God, we thank you, Lord God, and we bless your name. We bless your name, oh God. And we give you the praise and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This is just a praise report. Um, you know, in the early church, when the disciples and the apostles.